Welcome to season four of the Hope Warrior Project podcast, where we are ditching the mindset of powerlessness. Our guests have let go of the belief that life is happening to them and have chosen to see that life is actually happening for them. If you want to get inspired and empowered in your own life, these are the stories you want to hear. Our guest today is Dennis Mellon. Today, he is an author, coach, and speaker, but for 45 years, he flew planes and absolutely loved it. Notice that I said he flew planes and not that he was a pilot. We could argue that he was, but in this episode, we are going to focus on the power of purpose and how our purpose and who we are is never something that can be taken away, which, if you are catching my drift, is exactly what happened in his story. On a beautiful day in 2008, Dennis was enjoying his career as an airline pilot. As he was flying over Seattle and taking in the beautiful views, he thought about how much he loved what he did and that it never felt like work. The next day, while mountain biking a difficult trail, he suffered a heart attack. And because he was in such a remote area that was not easily accessible to help, it is a miracle that he survived. Here is Stephanie's conversation with him about how he was able to pivot when he truly felt that being a pilot was his purpose, and it was abruptly and unfairly taken away. I will meet back up with you to go over some key takeaways that we can apply in our own unique experiences. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so excited to have Dennis with me here today. We met uh, just a little over a month ago, and I heard a little bit about his story and wanted us to be able to bring that to you all. So Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks, uh, Stephanie. I really appreciate the opportunity. Great. So first of all, being a pilot must have been a really exciting career. I mean, I have to say, it's not for everyone, right? I still, at times when I'm, you know, a passenger, I'm gripping the handles of the seat if we hit a little turbulence. So um, exciting and thrilling, I guess it must be to be a pilot. So what is it that you loved about that? And how long have you been flying? Well, I started, uh, I've been flying for about 45 years uh, up until the time that that, that uh, event happened where I lost my uh, FAA medical, but it was one of those uh, childhood dreams. Some uh, kids think of, I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a major league baseball player. At age 10, I was at my father's Air Force base looking up at the airplanes flying overhead. I go, hey, that's that's pretty cool. Look at those guys up there. That's what I want to do when I grow up. And of course, I mentioned that uh, my wife never feels like I've grown up anyway, so we've got to get beyond that. But uh, from age 10, I had a singleness of purpose. I wanted to be a professional pilot and make a career out of it. And so that's what I set out to do. That's amazing. So knowing that young, that that's what you wanted to do and you did it. I mean, obviously this was a passion of yours. So we heard in the intro that you had um, a mountain biking accident. And I think when we talked before, it sounded like it was a pretty challenging trail that you were on. So I'm assuming, you know, you must have been pretty, you know, fit in shape person to, you know, be doing this um, and for you to just, you know, to have the heart attack, this just kind of came out of nowhere. It was a shock. I mean, did you have any indications prior to that, that 
you have no, heart trouble or no uh airline pilots get physicals every six months and uh once a year after i think age 40 or 45 they have to be hooked up to ekgs and all kinds of stuff uh it was uh, a, a bolt out of the blue for me. I mean, I I had no clue that this was developing or anything. And in fact, that bike ride was probably the second or third bike ride for the week. I used to go out three, four hours at a time sometimes. Oh, so so talk us through a little bit about what what actually happened that day. Well, uh, I had picked out one of these what they call in Seattle a bluebird day. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's just stunningly beautiful. I mean, it the the sky is so bright it, just, it hurts your eyes literally and i'd picked out this trail from the trail maps that uh guides that i had the name of the trail was called uh it's a bitch and uh evidently it is uh it's it's described in the uh, manual as as a uh, a 500 foot climb within a mile a series of switchbacks through uh, trails and what's fun is coming down the trails because it's like slalom skiing um only I didn't quite make it up. I got about two thirds of the way up and I just wasn't feeling very good. So I said, well, I better stop and get a drink of water. And of course I'm looking around cause I don't want anybody see that I'm resting. I mean, you know, I'm a he-man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing stops me. But the next thing I know I'm, I'm laying down uh, and then I come to all fours and I projectile vomit the contents of my stomach from breakfast and everything. And then I remember going, what's going on? What's happening? And that's the last I remember. Um, three days later, I'm sitting in the hospital, but I, I remember waking up with these bright lights in my eyes and going, God, am I being interrogated here or what? What did I do? And my brother's standing over and he's got tears in it coming down his cheeks and we lock eyes and I just kind of look over at him and go, hey butthead and and he starts laughing with tears coming he says you had us so scared and he starts relating what had happened and evidently two hikers came upon me i this is a pretty remote area two hikers had come upon me and promptly called 911 and the, the emts humped up that same trail that i had just not failed to get to the top on only they're carrying 100 pounds of equipment and a portable gurney um so obviously I'm not going to be able to hold an FAA class one physical anymore or a physical, uh, any kind of FAA uh, medical. So uh, I couldn't fly anymore. And I, I'm, I, it was, to me, it was devastating because it was basically like being the 18 year old trying to figure out um, what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Uh, you know, 18 year olds are looking at what college should I go into work? Should I go to a trade school? So I just, you know, all those decisions. Why? Well, since age 10, I'd only had a singleness of purpose. Now at age 56, hey, guess what? You get to start over. It's time wow. for a do over. And um, I didn't do too well for a few months there. I, I was uh, pretty depressed. I, I, I was looking around, dabbling a little bit here and there, but. Uh, I was devastated because I, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what my what, what my what God's purpose was for me anymore, you know. Sure. Right. You know? And yeah, I could see. I mean, I, I've not been a person that has known from the time I was little what I wanted to do. But if you know, having that, like you said, singleness of focus your entire life up to this point, and then I'm guessing it kind of almost felt like just the rug got pulled out from underneath you. And now now what? 
Well, it certainly wasn't going to be male hand modeling or uh, senior modeling or something, you know, so I, I really, I, I struggled. I, mm -hmm. I, I started uh, little bits at a time. Luckily, my wife connected me with a neighbor who had had something similar, although he wasn't a pilot and he didn't lose his career. But he basically sat me down and it was uh, a hard talk because he kept telling me or asking me, uh, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, the option was uh, like we talked about entering Geezerville, you know, the Barker lounger, cool drink, remote. And I'm not going to watch Oprah reruns or, you know, or, or, or sports today. And that wasn't for me because I, I still I, I was still a vibrant 56 year old, if you can believe that. So, <laughs> oh, I do believe that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the fact yeah. that you're even doing these hard mountain biking trails, I, I can totally yeah. believe that. So it's interesting. You said he had a, this hard talk with you and asking you, what are you going to do? I mean, how did that hit you? And had you really, had you thought seriously about what you were going to do? Or did there, was there something about the way he was asking you that caused you to like, think? Uh, about it was, it was very, it was a very uh, pointed question. And he kept asking it over and over, you know, he'd listen to me and I'd get into the complaint mode a little bit, you know, thinking negativity, negatively, uh, thinking about, oh, poor me or whatever. And he was snapping me right back with, so what are you going to do? Mm. You, know, you got a family and four boys. What are you going to do? And it really brought me back down to be in the moment and started uh, getting me to research more or to look harder 2008 wasn't exactly the um, best time to be looking for a job right um, it, it took some perseverance to to find um, to find my new why to find my new purpose because I went through a series of aviation jobs I I had to shift I had to find out what else am I you know I was going back to what the the neighbor has or what are you going to do what else can what else excite you so I got into the uh, the coaching, speaking, and and uh, uh, train uh, leadership training, uh, and it took like like I said, uh, four or five years of just downright perseverance. Uh, think of the eighteen year old trying to f figure out what what career field they're going to go through. I I did that at age fifty six, so <laughs> probably even tougher than the eighteen year old because they know they have to do it, and I I knew what I had. You know? right. When we spoke previously, and I know and we're going to get to um, your book here in a little bit, but you've talked about this, this concept of what's important now, what's important next. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit and how that applied to your situation? Well, you know, we look at things, events are coming at us all the time. Things are happening. Now we can choose not to react to them at all. And that's just basically saying we're going to accept whatever outcome comes. But if you want to be uh, positive about things, whether it's leadership, whether it's in your private life, whether it's in sports, your reaction to what events happen can affect the outcome. Now, you may be able to get the exact outcome you want, but typically that doesn't happen. So, um, you know, figuring out um, where you are right now is really important. Taking care of what's going on right now is really important. And I think when we talked previously, we were talking about if you and I were were to take a trip down to uh, Disney World from from the Chicago area, we could go through Memphis, Nashville, or Knoxville. Some of them be routes would be shorter, some of them would be longer, scenic, uh, traffic jams, different weather, or whatever. 
But just like when you drive, you have to take care of that next 200 feet. So you have to be in the moment when you drive. And once you take care of that 200 feet, you have to take care of the next 200 feet and the next 200 feet. Keeping in mind that Disney World is your goal. So setting a goal and then taking care of the next 200 feet along the way is where the what's important now or what's important next. I've got this. Now, what, I, what what's coming up next? Where What exit's coming up? You know, what uh, what what do I want to see along the way? And it it may be that we get diverted completely around it. Uh, maybe we have to go through Kansas City. But if, if you keep your goal in mind, you're still in. Um, I think I've heard it said, be where your feet are planted. You know, be in this moment, take care of this moment. Yeah. And in that, in your case, I mean, it could have been, maybe been easy for you to kind of live in the past and, and hold on to regret. And I'm sure you do still have some regret that you're not able to fly planes, but whether holding on to that and let that keeping you in the past is one thing, having regret, but also acknowledging, okay, things are ch- different now. Yeah. What's next is a completely well, different mindset. Yeah. I could, I could go uh, look back and go, Hey, that bridge we just crossed it's gone. You know, there are no, there's no way to get back there. I could, uh, you could, you could, like you said, live in the past, but if you're going to be, if you're going to be, make a difference in the world, you, you've got to, you got to be in the moment and you got to take care of this next 200 feet as you're, what, find that goal that gets you excited. Otherwise, okay, go to Geezerville. That's fine. You know, or sometimes the goal what the goal was may have may need to change a little bit based right. on situations, but you know, just being able to pivot sometimes can be really hard. Yeah. Um, but we got to do that. We got to be willing to do that in life. Right. Right. You have to, you have to have that. Uh, I think they talk about it as a growth mindset. You have yeah. to, you know, I'm going to have to learn some new skills to do public speaking or to uh, train leaders or to uh, coach baseball. I'm going to have to learn new things just soak it in um and you know it'll you're not going to be an expert for a long while mm-hmm. uh, what what is the the typical thing you, you you master whatever it is you're doing it takes 10 years to be a master at what you do mm-hmm. um you know you, you there's a development process never stop learning if you're going to have that growth mindset to 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 do something to yeah. to make a difference in the world Exactly. And that's that's what that's the ultimate goal I have is make a difference with everybody you talk to, one conversation at a time, one person at a time. You know? yeah. Hello again. Okay, so what can we take away from Dennis's story? Well, let's talk about purpose. So many of us link purpose with career, and it's not surprising. After all, when we are children, we are often asked, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And what we're really being asked is, what do you want to do? We are taught that who we are is what we do. This was a huge struggle for me growing up. Unlike Dennis, I had no idea what I wanted to quote unquote be. Maybe because I knew deep down that what I wanted to be was not a profession. When I discovered that sewing came easily to me and I enjoyed it, I told myself that I would be a fashion designer or a seamstress Yet somehow that never felt right. I always knew that it was not who I was, and I backed away from it because it didn't feel right. Dennis, on the other hand, was all in. 
He loved flying and it was his life. Growing up, I envied the kids that knew 100% what they wanted to be and I still admire uh, the ones who know what they're passionate about and they make it their career. That is amazing. But what happens when we identify so heavily with something that we do and all of a sudden something happens that keeps us from continuing to do it? What happens then? Many people experience this with COVID. The pandemic meant that so many people could not show up for work. And Stephanie and Dennis talk a little bit more about that in the second part of the interview. So if your career is not your purpose, then what is? Well, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And I honestly feel that when we really boil it down to the very core, we all share the same purpose. That purpose is love. We were created to love. However, we're all unique and we all experience love in unique ways. We're born as pure love. I currently have a four-month-old and I see it in her. She is love. The confusion of this world has not affected her yet. However, as she grows up and starts to observe others, her mind will start to notice patterns and experience fear and become influenced and she'll forget who she is. This makes me really sad, but the beautiful thing is that she gets to experience that amazing journey of remembering who she is, which is why Journey is her name. (laughs) We see it a ton in iconic movies and stories, this journey back to the self, the true self. I believe that once we know that our purpose is love, we can take that journey within to explore how we give and receive love and how we can tap into that more and more. Dennis talks about an analogy of going to Disney World as an end goal, and how we can all go to Disney World, but because we are all in a slightly different place, we need to take slightly different ways to get there. I believe that Disney World, or the goal, is unconditional love. The Bible says God is love, and I think that it's what we long for to love and to be loved. If we set our eyes on that and we're present along the way, we will get there. Speaking of presence, I have been learning a huge lesson in presence with training for the marathon, the Chicago marathon. It has been an intense four months of training, and this is my biggest takeaway from the experience so far. If I focus on the total number of miles that I'm meant to run, in the current run that I'm in, I become miserable. (laughs) I doubt myself. I feel pain more intensely. I get angry. And all I can think about is quitting. If I set the goal, but focus on the present moment, on the other hand, the what is important now and just keep going, it is a completely different experience. I feel confident. I feel pain, but it doesn't affect me in the same way, and I feel hopeful and excited. In life, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the uncertainty of the future. If COVID has taught us anything, it is that nothing is certain. (laughs) We need to focus on a purpose that is indestructible and be willing to pivot and adjust to meet whatever the world throws our way. 
Now let's get back to the interview where Dennis will share what he is up to now and how you can connect with him. It, the The name of the book is uh, "Takes More Than Heart." Uh, play on words there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, changing the journey's challenges into opportunities. Every challenge is out there. You you can it's it's again. How can you affect it? Well, don't look at it as a challenge. Look at it as an opportunity. We have COVID that's happened. Um, live interviews, uh, live talks, a lot of things have dried up. You can't do it. So, you, you, uh, you know, you talked about it earlier. What, did, what are you going to pivot to? Or are you going to just say, oh, I guess that's it. We're done. You know, I, a perfect example is my brother-in-law. He, uh, he's a professional musician. Um, he does lessons. He does gigs. All those uh, dried up. Mm-hmm. So instead of sitting there going, oh, poor me, I don't have any... He, he pivoted and he, I, I was over at his house one day and he's given music lessons over Zoom to five students over in Sweden. Now, how cool is that? Yes, you know? very cool. <laughs> I'm not limiting myself. Look at what I've done. I said, that, that is, that, that's perfect example of pivoting. So, and today you are also, you're doing some coaching, leadership training, coaching, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, uh, my uh, beabean.net uh, is the is the web page. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, I'm a John Gordon uh, Power of Positive Leadership trainer, um, and my my tagline, the Be a Bean part, is we're in that roiling boiling pot of water. You know, that's the world. That's the business. That's sports. Uh, you know, if you're a, a a coffee bean, you've you've got experience. You've gone through the roasting and the grinding with all your experience. Now, if you jump in that roiling, boiling pot of water, you're not going to change the temperature, but you can change it into something useful, gourmet coffee. So be a bean, transform your team from ordinary water into gourmet coffee is my tagline. And that comes from uh, developing the culture where we can do what, you know, we can do anything. Just, just give us some parameters, give us some resources, and we can we can we can do anything, you know, um, because we're, we may not it may not be what we originally thought, but we're influencing that water. We're the bean that's influencing that water. I so. think that is the coolest analogy that I think I've heard for quite a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, we all love coffee, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it takes having that bean has to go in that hot water in order to make something good, right. you know, and for us, we have to make that choice right. to be the bean, right? I mean, right. we're going to be in the hot water anyway, like you said, that's just right. life is happening around us. Some things are out of our control, you know, we can't necessarily help all that, but are we going to change the outcome yeah, of we've that? Changed, yeah, we've change the outcome. It ain't ordinary water anymore. It's gourmet coffee, you know, yeah. I mean, if you can get your team inspired in that boiling pot of water, you're you're gonna you're gonna perform at levels neither the, your team nor you thought possible, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's getting that that culture where where uh, uh, Stephanie and Dennis work work on things, you know, uh, trying to create things, make things better, mm-hmm. you know, instead of uh, instead of uh, oh what about me you know it, it becomes uh whatever it takes our goal if it was disneyland disney world 
our goal is to get to Disney World. How are we going to do that? Well, you and I sit down and talk. What do you, what, how do you want to get there? Mm-hmm. What do we need? You know? Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, this, this has been really interesting. I don't think we've had a pilot on the show before. Um, and so it was really interesting to hear about, you know, how much you loved it and the excitement and the thrill, but then also how you were able to pivot and, you know, persevere in a situation where it could have really taken you down. So, and I think that's very encouraging for people, especially maybe people who have been, you know, later in life where they've feel like this is what they do. This is what I do. This is who I am. And then bam, something happens that changes that, that there is still that opportunity, that option to make that choice, to look at a different perspective um, and find something that you can do to, to still enjoy life and give back and be fulfilled. It just may look different. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You gotta have hope. You gotta have hope, you know, 100%. Yeah. You can fear that future that's coming. Or you can have faith that, you know, things are going to work out and plug away at it, be in the moment, have faith. But if, it, you know, if that future hasn't happened, why would you pick fear? Why not have faith that you can get something done? You yes. Know? Awesome. Yeah. Well, if somebody wanted to get your book or um, look at the, the training opportunities you have with Be a Bean, how would they go about finding that? Well, there, there's uh, two web pages, though. The book web pages takesmorethanheart.com and the book is also available uh there's there's uh connecteds on there to uh amazon and freezen press and uh all the usual vendors but uh uh takesmorethanheart.com uh and there's actually a trailer on there that, that my son's put together that has really gotten a lot of uh, uh of great feedback on uh that kind of summarizes uh, or it's a teaser really mm-hmm. and then um beabean.net is uh the the business side the leadership size side and it's it's got um connections in there to uh a bunch of of uh, my presentations uh some blogs some uh, about me and that type of stuff so beabean.net or uh takesmorethanheart.com awesome well, folks, you heard it here. Be a bean. <laughs> Go check out Dennis's book and his website. Um, we'll add some more links there in our show notes if you would like to follow Dennis on uh, social media. But this has been really great. Thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing your story of overcoming a situation that could have felt very powerless and you found your power in looking at things differently. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, uh, Stephanie. I've really enjoyed the uh, conversation. It's a good backward and forth here. I loved it. If you were inspired by today's guest, be sure to save this episode so you can go back and listen to it again. Making the shift from feeling powerless to empowered is not a quick and easy thing to do. We know. But our desire is that you've gained hope and confidence that it's possible and so worth it. Now, go hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss the next episode. 